Greetings and welcome to this Elephant podcast series on national culture. In this episode, Dr. Mshai Mwangola, a performance scholar, and Dr. Godwin Murunga, senior research fellow at the Institute of Development Studies, University of Nairobi, set the context for a series of conversations on national culture. So thank you, Godwin, for agreeing to set us off on our exploration of national culture. We will be starting with a look at Franz Fanon's thoughts on what this meant as articulated in the book The Wretched of the Earth. But let's start with Franz Fanon himself. Who is Franz Fanon? Uh, Franz Fanon is uh, one of the key critical thinkers uh, around the question on national culture. Uh, but to understand discussion of national culture, you have to understand where he comes from and his life. And uh, broadly speaking, there are at least six different countries that uh, Franz Fanon lived in and for which, uh, which had serious implication on his thinking around national culture. Born in Martinique in 1925, Fanon grew up in a family uh, that uh, was the equivalent of uh, what in Kenya would be the middle class. Remember that this was a colonial society, but it was also a racially stratified colonial system. And uh, from where the social uh, context within he grew up, most people, most people in his social uh, class tended to want to live the life of the upper white category. Uh, but Franz Fanon uh, reacted against this, partly because of his education under M. Caesar, uh, Negritude, but partly because of his experience uh, when he went to live in France during, after the Second World War. And his reaction to this system essentially grew from the fact that uh, he was unhappy with the fact that during the Second World War he was being invited to fight against potential Nazi power when in fact in his own home he lived under a culture that was as oppressive as what the Nazis uh, threatened. And so he rebelled against that system and began to develop a kind of thinking that uh, was, was against not just colonialism but also against uh, a racially stratified structure. And this uh, was to influence his uh, life uh, not just in France, where he studied uh, psychiatry, but also in Algeria, where he was seconded to work in a hospital. Also in Tunisia, where he lived a significant segment of his life. In Ghana, where he went to represent the, the, the Algerian liberation movement uh, uh, in, 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 in the diplomatic service. But eventually also in the U.S., where he went for treatment following, his, uh, uh, following the discovery that he was suffering from leukemia. So, Fanon, just to recap, left having grown up in Martinique, where he became conscious of these identity issues, whether it is race, whether it is um, class, mm -hmm. then goes on to, to France, and he goes as a student. Yes. But while he's there, he's invited to join the French army, I'm assuming because it was a colonized country, and then is deployed as part of the French, uh, under the French government to Algeria. Yeah. Okay. So you remember that Fanon lives, uh, left uh, Martinique when he was 18 years. Mm -hmm. 
and many of what many of the things that he begins to experience while he's in in France are things that he's beginning to learn as reconcile his own life in Martinique to new contexts uh, in, 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 in Paris. And one of the things that uh, made a big change in his thinking was the fact that the, he, he noticed that the French peasants weren't interested in fighting in the Second World War. And it led him to ask the question, why should I be fighting on behalf of France, right, when the French peasants don't want to fight? on behalf of France. And this represents a big transformation in his thinking. Uh, his decision to study psychiatry has a lot to do with his desire to begin to reconcile himself to these contradictions in his own life. Being black, working in a, a racially uh, well, growing up in a racially stratified society, living in France where uh, racism was stuck in your face and beginning to ask questions. How do colonized people begin to deal with these kinds of contradictions in life? So the outline of Franz Fanon's subsequent life uh, as, a, as, a, as a young man, but eventually as an adult, as a professional and as a, you know, a, a, a fighter in the Algerian struggle for independence has a lot to do with his attempt to reconcile himself to the contradictions of his society through medicine and also eventually through his uh, participation in the struggle for, like, for Algerian independence. So when he went to work in Algeria, he was sent there by the French government. He was working as a psychiatrist. Yes. And the, but yet the books that we know him for are not psychiatric. They're not medical texts. They're not scientific texts. So when did he make that transition? The key transition for, for Franz Fanon was his experience in the hospital where he went to, 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 to work. Uh, remember that working in that hospital, he was exposed to French soldiers uh, whom he had to treat following the horrors of war. But he was also exposed to Algerians who he was treating again because of the war and it was in the contradictions of the various experiences he had from these patients that he began to, to take a decision about what violence means, what it does to the different people who are involved in that violence and what the results of that violence are. And obviously in the context of these contradictions, he took a very clear line which we can discuss in this podcast. Okay. And so after that then, he, he, his biggest investment is not psychiatry in the sense of a doctor treating one patient, but it becomes, if you want, looking at analyzing what is the sickness of the whole society yes. and how we can heal that society. Could you say something about some of the books that he wrote? Fanon wrote many books, some of which I have never read because they are written in French, but uh, four of them stand out very significantly. The first one, of course, is Black Skin, White Mask, uh, which is a book that really begins to deal with the questions of alienation and uh, alienation based on, 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 on race. Uh, it's one of the books that uh, gets a lot of mention, especially in some parts of the world, in the U.S., in the in the West Indies, where he came from. It's it's like a significant text, even today, uh, among uh, students uh, in 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 the university, especially. The second book, which uh, has had a serious mention, is uh, a dying colonialism. Uh, which is a serious comment on the context of his own reflection, the context of colonialism. 
And the third book, which is uh, very closely related to a dying colonialism, is The Wretched of the Earth, which uh, we might want to spend a lot of time talking about, partly because it, it, it reflects a lot on our own contexts under colonialism, but also in modern times. And um, The Wretched of the Earth essentially begins to deal with the question of, uh, of, of violence. What does violence in a colonial context where does it come from? How do the protagonists in a violent context deal with it? And how is violence resolved? And what does it mean for the attainment of independence, uh, both for a people, for a society, and all that? And the final book, which uh, I would like to make quick reference to, is titled Towards African Revolution, uh, which is a, a study that was published posthumously, a collection of essays that he wrote over a long period of time to different journals, different magazines, uh, as he reflected on some of these questions. And actually, when he died in the U.S. in the 1960s, uh, Franz Fanon was still working on many of these essays, which eventually end up being uh, published in, uh, in this final book. I know there are many other books that have been written, his own reflections uh, on the Algerian revolution and all that, some of which touch on questions of gender, uh, touch on questions of, uh, of liberation in general, but also reflecting that in the context of the overall society. And uh, we might uh, perhaps have opportunity to have somebody talk about them who reads both French and English. Thank you very much for that introduction. But I want to go now in detail to The Wretched of the Earth. Um, this is the third book that you mentioned, and you said this book is very important to us. Um, not only, obviously, we are 50 years plus in Africa in terms of away from the colonial era, and we'll come to why you think it is important. But perhaps can you just tell us a little bit more than what you've said about this book? I mentioned earlier on that Black Skin, White Mask is a book that commands a lot of attention, especially in the U.S. and in more contemporary times, because it's a book that deals with the racial question. The Wretched of the Earth commands a lot of attention in many, uh, among many African thinkers, African intellectuals, broadly defined. And I'm saying broadly defined because in nowadays we tend to think about Fanon as that guy you go to the university and read. But actually when you think backwards, Fanon was the guy you read irrespective of whether you are in the university or not. He was a popular read uh, for many constituencies. And uh, essentially the reason why Fanon was a popular read was because one cannot think of a thinker who has analyzed the question of colonial violence with the kind of clarity that Fanon uh, did. He basically uh, focused on settler uh, societies. In the context of Africa, settler societies were largely societies that had a huge population of white settlers who lived in colonial societies. They assumed that they would dominate forever. Algeria is one good example, but uh, for practical purposes for the elephant, Kenya is a very good example. South Africa is a good example, and Zimbabwe and Namibia are also uh, perfect examples. And Fanon sought to understand the character of violence within settler colonies. His main argument being that violence within uh, colonial settler societies has its specific dimensions. It emerges as violence is used to institute colonialism. It's also used to sustain colonialism. And if successful, violence becomes the medium by which settler colonialism is given a mark of permanence. Mm -hmm. 
But Fanon had discovered out of his own experiences in Algeria that in fact settler violence begets native violence. And I'm using the word native advisedly here. That precisely because of settler violence in support of colonialism, native anti-colonial violence arises in response to settler violence. And it assumes almost the same character that settler violence uh, was used. So the nakedness of that violence, the brutality of that violence, the dehumanizing, alienating character of that violence is what Fanon understood to be what the natives uses the word vomits back, that kind of violence. And although I know Fanon knew that violence in itself can be very bad, he decided to make a very good argument that, in fact, this violence plays a cathartic role. It's a liberating form of violence. And he actually inserts the caveat that without the response through violence means by the natives against settler colonialism and settler violence, there can never be uh, independence. So violence is not in itself bad. It is, depends on how it is deployed and for what purposes. And it depends with the context within which it de it's deployed and the purposes for which it is deployed. And in the particular case of colonialism in Africa, there is the fact that for there to be catharsis, there must be violence. And secondly, for there to be independence, there must be violence. He basically makes the argument that settler violence traps everybody into a system of violence and that you cannot get out of settler colonialism unless you go through the process of violence that settler colonialism introduced in the first place. And since this as a dialectic, uh, going back to the Hegelian, to the Marxist dialectic, that settler violence is the thesis in that dialectic, that native response is the antithesis and the resolution of that conflict, the attainment of catharsis, the attainment of independence is what resolves that kind of violence. And he applied this not just to Algeria, which uh, is the case study that he, 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 he observed uh, very well. Uh, Fanon makes mention of Kenya and makes mention of the Mau Mau and says that part of the trouble with Mau Mau is that the Mau Mau violence was never really acknowledged by the rising African, I think he, he, he refers to them as petty bourgeois, who were endorsed by the British government, you know, the, the outgoing British government in Kenya as the owners of Kenyan nationalism. Uh, his analysis of Kenyan nationalism basically says because he did not acknowledge Mau Mau, uh, it never really resolved the contradiction of the violence in uh, the white settler colony that Kenya was. Okay, so I'm listening to you and you're talking about violence. And basically the argument is that on one hand you have the settlers pushing. And then on the other hand you have, with violence, yes. on the other hand then you have freedom fighters, those ones who are fighting for liberation, pushing back. Mm -hmm. But now the people who come and become the leaders and the face of this violence do not belong to the side that is pushing back, but come from elsewhere. In fact, they're on the side that is coming with the first push. And I want to come back to that in terms of where we are today. But I'm trying to figure out where does culture come? Uh, first of all, let's make the point that the struggle does not happen suspended above society. The struggle happens in society, mm -hmm. right? 
and uh, society is structured around uh, a certain understanding of norms of habits of customs of ways of understanding how they live by that very fact by the fact that the struggle happens in society uh, you cannot then imagine a way in which you isolate culture as sitting at the margins of the struggle itself in fact culture is what gives the struggle meaning it is what gives the the struggle for independence its identity so that uh, the kinds of things that uh, the, that particular nationalist struggle deploys in order to attain its objectives are themselves given meaning by the you know the very society in which they come from how people mobilize uh, to, to to fight the choices they make around how to fight when to fight why to fight who is involved in the struggle are all informed by their own way of life. So culture sits at the heart of the struggle for independence and culture defines what nationalism then means uh, to, to these particular people. And so what we'll be looking at in future podcasts is what is Fanon saying and how he makes that relationship. But as we close, I'd like to ask you two questions. One, who else is Fanon thinking with? Who is he in conversation with? Maybe you can give us one name that perhaps we can look at in future podcasts. And two, so what? This was 50 years ago, 60 years ago. And, you know, we fought the colonialists, they left, and we are now an independent country, and, you know, Africa is an independent continent. So why is Fanon still important? Uh, but to your question, number one, uh, it's a little bit unfair to just isolate only one person because uh, Franz Fanon is in conversation directly or indirectly with a whole number of other thinkers. Uh, Jean-Paul Sartre is central to, 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 to Fanon because he actually wrote the preface of The Wretched of the Earth and uh, over time actually began to appreciate the struggles both from uh, the negritude point of view but also all the way into uh, the kinds of beliefs that Franz Fanon uh, uh, brought to, 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 to the fore. But perhaps for me, uh, I could also mention uh, Franz Fanon's conversations indirectly, at times directly, with people like Malcolm X, uh, with groups like the Black Panther uh, movement in the U.S., people like uh, Stokely Carmichael and all that, all of whom drew inspiration from reading Fanon and knowing that actually the kinds of struggle they were involved in had happened before. But perhaps for me the most important one would be Amilcar Gabral. Uh, Amilcar Gabral had also been involved in a similar struggle in Guinea. Uh, he had a very interesting conversation with Fanon in terms of which categories of society are most important in the struggle for independence and how do you locate the question of violence in relation to some of these categories. Now you have to remember that Franz Fanon was extremely dismissive of the peasantry as a, a critical category playing a role in, in national liberation. He didn't think that they had played a profound role. And he seemed to say very nice things about the category he called the lumpen proletariats, uh, the prostitutes, the tram riders, and uh, all those people who, uh, uh, in Marxist language, constitute uh, the lumpen proletariats. And he said very positive things about this category of people, claiming that they played a very central role in the realization of the Algerian uh, war of independence. Rightly so, because the Algerian uh, war of independence was an urban war. It was fought within an urban context. Amilcar Gabral came from a totally different tradition, having been an agriculturalist mobilizing farmers to fight uh, the war of independence. And he had noted the particular fact that uh, in his own context, what would be the lumpen proletariats of France Fanon, in fact, did 
play an extremely malleable role in the struggle for independence. Uh, Amilcar Cabral makes the case that uh, the peasants in his own context actually do play a significant role because he was able to mobilize them. The, the colonial powers were unable to infiltrate them with the kinds of ease that the malleability of the Lapland proletariat. So it would be interesting to reflect upon independence and what that means and who plays a central role. In different contexts, different people play very uh, different roles. To your question number two with respect to why this is important, I think you have to go back to the Richard of the Earth and read some of the interesting sections about pitfalls of national conscience, in which Fanon begins to raise questions about the experience of many African countries at the point when they have attained independence and they have a new group of people in power who are not necessarily white, but who have actually assumed the behavior of the exiting white colonial masters. The fact of neocolonialism, the fact that uh, Africa would continue to be controlled by external forces, is something that Fanon seemed to have been aware of before 1965 when he died at 36 years, right, than many other thinkers. And today we still go through, in many countries, uh, processes of governance, processes of struggles for democracy that reflect struggles that we should have been involved in in the 1960s and 1970s. That we still struggle with those things tells you that Fanon is as relevant today as he was in 1965 when he died. Goodin Murunga, thank you very much. This has been such a fascinating introduction. I wish we could go on for another 20-30 minutes. We will be picking up Amikal Cabral because he also wrote on national culture and it would be great to have the two in conversation, but also to reflect on what that means for us today.